Good day to everyone. Um, one of the things, <coughs> excuse me, that I think I would miss the most, I do miss the most, I should say, is how listening to the radio was always fun. Especially AM. Uh, the DJs made it fun. Uh, they made listening to the music uh, so much fun that uh, when the FM band was pretty much full by FCC standards at the time, um, we really couldn't care less about listening to our music in FM stereo. That's how fun AM was. And of course, too, at the time, all of our vehicles had AM radio, and then um, a track came into being, and cassettes came into being. Um, then there was what, uh, AM reverberator um, and then I think it was sometime in the 70s Congress finally got around to passing law that all vehicles have to have AM, FM, FM stereo Yay! on that one <laughs> but the things that the local radio station did to increase listenership. Um, unfortunately, we cannot bring those back due to the life and time day and age that we currently live in. But in the good old days, Uh, there was always, um, well, it's pretty much a bygone there, uh, might as well. There was like, uh, I think it was 1420 WHK at the time it played rock and roll twice. Um, they had what they call litter box in vehicles and you had to put your litter box in the back window so if their uh, if the radio station's vehicle was out and about and seeing your uh, litter box WHK1420 litter box then you would be one of many people that they would call out the license plate to and uh, about whatever and you have usually uh, 14 minutes 20 seconds to call and claim that I am she and of course you know there were always legal uh, formalities 
but to make sure you are the person of the vehicle, plate, and all that stuff. I think, I'm not really sure, I remember seeing a Giant Tiger, which was a discount store here in town, and they had a litter box too. Also, uh, I think it was like 12, 12 minutes, 20 seconds to call in and win. Uh, there's also antenna toppers, as they called them. Usually got them from, like, uh, at the time, Manners. And if you were seen with your uh, antenna topper, to the same. Uh, the most interesting and uh, most frustrating uh, radio contest <coughs> was like two versions of the same thing. One was called High Low, another one was called cash call. And it was always a matter of, uh, at the time, the woman basically stayed at home while the husband went off to work, kids went to school, so on and so forth. And I was trying to get the listener's attention to keep track of the amount each and every hour. And, uh, it was pretty bad, I would have to say, like, uh, at the time, WAB 43 at the time had, like, John Lanigan's, uh, cash, well, John Lanigan named that movie clip, ran for a long time. I hope they reproduce the uh, video clip. Um, it took a long time to come up with the name of the movie. It took equally long to find, to try and figure out exactly the exact amount of the money that's in the till. Um, there was one radio station that I somehow remember, oh, I remember now, um, at the time the old 1300 WERE, uh, it played very little music because it was basically all talk. Not the talk that we have come to know. Um, it was a lot of uh, CBS Radio Network feed that uh, 1300 used. Like uh, Arthur Godfrey's uh, Godfrey show at 10 a.m. And uh, I think it was Art Dinkletter's house party. And I think password. 
the original password. When we heard password on the CBS radio network, from what I understand, it was that episode that you would see later on in the afternoon, the version of password. I'm not quite sure about it for this house party. Um, but at noon, it was <coughs> Bill Randall, who, um, uh, you know, would talk about what's coming up um, in the next hour, which was like uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, they had a phone-in program called Ask Your Neighbor. which was people calling in wanting to find out something. This was way before high-tech, folks. Our only means of communication was the telephone and the two-way radio, the uh, in-dash mobile phone, um, walkie-talkies, you know. Uh, no high-tech in those days. Uh, and it was basically neighbor asking neighbor via the radio uh, about certain things, how to do certain things. Um, then, what was it? Swap and shop. Now, here again, I have to repeat, it was a whole nother life and time day and age back then. A lot more calm, a lot more simple, simpler time, but even in the times of the Vietnam War, the summer riots, um, student unrest, so on and so forth, it was a lot more simpler time. Not like it is today. Everybody going, everybody with anybody or whatever goes over the deep end today. Back then, uh, you could give your, you know, you had something to sell, um, just something to swap or looking for. You could give out your phone number. You didn't give out your name. You just gave out your phone number, which was basically your landline number and just basically wait until somebody calls you about the item you either buy, sell, or swap, as you used to call it, what we would call today trade. Um, let's see. Um, there was one radio station that I still can't figure out to this day how it really made a profit without coming up with some gimmicks, incentives, um, like the other radio stations. And uh, I never really understood. There was the original WJW AM 850 here in Cleveland. And 
and this is right around the time where TV stations also jumps on the AM bandwagon, if you will, and even some of the uh, TV stations jumped on the AM bandwagon, they also tried to make their um, way onto the FM band. Supposedly at the time, uh, the concept was for the advertisers on the AM side to stay on the AM side. And FM was basically, um, as far as the FM radio stations were concerned, restricted. It was either duplication of AM on FM until they, uh, the station decided to uh, go on the air with their FM bill of fare for that day. Um, but that didn't work, folks. Advertisers jumped on the FM bandwagon as well. Um, but um, there were radio stations that were, by today's standards, eclectic. And uh, the FM stations, they either, you know, waited until like, uh, usually 7 p.m. to about maybe midnight to broadcast on the FM band their programming. Um, the one thing I couldn't understand though, and it still bugs me to this day, 64 years later, folks, um, WJW at the time it was on FM at 104.1. 12 noon till about, I guess, midnight it was. They would play classical music. But in increments of the quarter hour, as they called it, what we commonly refer to as every 15 minutes. How they could really um, cram in, if you will, classical music uh, in 15 minutes, at least three of them or four of them, they would cram in every 15 minutes. I'm still trying to figure out how did they do it? You know, um, classical was really the thing for prime time. Uh, FM programming, there was one radio station, 92.3 FM, at the time the call letters were WCY, and it was a jazz, traditional jazz station, and it was on restricted hours, and then it went um, like daytime only hours, if I recall right, then they got I guess it was permission to go 24. And those of you who are movie aficionados, 
there was a guy that made an appearance in um, the deer hunter. Some parts of it was shot in Cleveland, specifically the Tremont area. The rest of it was basically Pennsylvania, if you looked at the credits towards the end. And my shipping foreman at the print shop told me his sister was hired as an extra in the deer hunter, and at the time they only paid like $25 a day. This was like the late 60s, not late 60s, late 70s, late 70s. And he thought it was pretty decent money. Um, you'll see in one scene, Lemco Hall, L-E-M-O-Hall. I think it's, yeah, L-E-M-K-O-Hall, Lemco Hall. And the camera would go down on the outside name, Lemco Hall and inside the uh, wedding reception. And the one guy that you would see with a beard on and slapping one guy from behind on, I think it was the right shoulder, that guy's name was Chris Columbia Jr. And I remember at the credits, and I don't know how this happened, his name just flashed on the credits, Chris Columbia Jr. Nobody else's name, just his. And he only had uh, one camera shot. And I do know the area of Tremont because I spent a great majority of my childhood in the Tremont area. Um, it's, that's another story in itself. Um, there was some really great traditional jazz for a commercial station. Um, and, uh, the DJs made listening to the radio fun, pleasant, pleasurable, something you just kick back and listen to and let it go. Not like it is today, as I understand the majority of the music that you hear is being played through computers. It used to be vinyl, then it was 8-track, then it was cassettes. Then it was CD, and it somehow evolved to computers. There was one guy that was a, I believe it was, uh, a radio engineer at one of the local stations when I was playing music. He came up with an idea that in order to save wear and tear on the vinyl 45, just record it onto the cassette or the 8-track in its entirety and just put the vinyl 45 back in the jacket and put it back on the shelf. 
you save wear and tear on the vinyl 45. All well and good in those days, but from what I understand, because of bumps on the CDs, as good as the sound quality was, I hear that there's also a comeback to uh, snap, crackle, and pop vinyl. And the only problem with that is uh, they would have like a man-made diamond stylus to play your records on. But even the point on the stylus does wear out and you really don't know when that happens. Wouldn't it be nice? Uh, that's another story. Um, there have been a lot of changes in radio. Um, supposedly the concept is the radio stations and TV stations are trustees of the public's airwaves. And you get a lot of narcissistic people in these, in general, communication companies telling you, no, it is not. I would love to see ownership, the deed. Because there are too many communication companies out there that are taking the same mind-melting mentality. And I know I sound a little bit radical, but hey. Uh, page three. Page three. How many of you, when you were growing up, your friend was your bicycle. Me. I went places outside my neighborhood um, that my mom and dad found out I screwed in more ways than one, but they didn't. Yes. I was able uh, if you're from Cleveland, you have, you know what I'm talking about. I even went downtown in the 70s before the court ordered forced busing that raped the city in more ways than one. No thanks to you, John Sikora. Um, I even went into an area that was called the Flats. Um, there's been a lot of jokes about Cleveland, but I don't really recall seeing a city as uneven as Cleveland. You know, um, just about maybe four blocks away from downtown Cleveland, you'll find yourself at a hill, and that hill leads downward to the flats. Now the flats are a hotbed. And now people are living in the flats. I can remember a time when nobody bothered to look at the flats. 
it was all industrial. Now people are living there. Um, but having a bicycle really gave you freedom. Uh, I would have to say more freedom on a bicycle than in any vehicle other than a motorcycle. Maybe. Um, it's a great feeling. Wind blowing in your face, in your hair. Um, you can't do that nowadays because I've heard on the uh, police scanner app that even young people will steal bicycles away from other young people and think nothing of it and laugh about it. But those were the days. Um, enjoying the outdoors. You know, the outdoors was your freedom along with your bicycle. Uh, you really can't beat it. You really can't beat it. Page four. Page four. This area I would like to uh, talk about is sales. Now, I know a lot of people have a hard time handling a very tiny word. Uh, one word, two letters. No. And when I got into sales, uh, I wanted to handle the word no as not now, not right now, perhaps later, no, not you. And the common moron thought that a lot of people have is, quote, I would not sell anything to someone that I would not want them to sell to me, close quote. Huh? Depending on the area of sales you get into, you can make good money. Um, it's going to take a very long time to even get anywhere near we used to be when it came to buying and selling uh, businesses and services, items, so on and so forth. But you can still make money. You have to be imaginative, you have to be creative and inventive in order to make money. And it is still true even on to this day. It takes money to make money. But you also have to give yourself a time frame. Um, you can't keep 
going at it. You can't keep throwing money at something that, within a reasonable time frame, nothing's happening. Um, I've been just one of those nasty-ass telemarketers. And I've also been a peddler, and I found out that peddlers are protected by the Interstate Commerce Commission, or ICC for short. And uh, when it comes to being a peddler, it is true what they say about peddling. You really have to have a love and a devotion to your product to really, you know, pound of shoe leather is what it comes right down to. I worked for one um, uh, paddling company and uh, it was one of those things where they had like Monday through Friday uh, you were paddling all day to businesses, not residential neighborhoods. Because the thought there was businesses is where the money is. Businesses is where the checkbook is. And if you do go residential, more than likely there's somebody sitting at home that's either not working or on the government benefit take, unemployed. Um, well, a lot of people like to use way too much of the term in transition. My God, you're either working or you're not. You know, there are jobs to be had, but at the same time, too, beggars cannot be choosers. You're looking to make money, there's money to be made. You just have to go looking for it. What gets me is I even sold Tupperware. Booking those parties are the absolute dreaded thing. Um, what gets me is there are temporary workers that will work one week and then once they get their check usually like the second week once they get their first check and thereafter they'll either take a week off and then um, they go back to work and when it comes time for a check they say where's my check well you were off last week remember and there are people that really love doing temporary work. It's like, you know, I'm my own boss of sorts. Someone needs to get off the pile ASAP post case. Um, as I said in one of my podcasts, always be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Because at age 17, I began as a shipper. And then in the early to mid-90s, 
I've tried going back into shipping and receiving, but I was told by somebody at the time, the Ohio Bureau of Employment, uh, said those jobs are basically for minorities nowadays. And uh, he was right. Um, we've gone from manufacturing to a business and service economy. And we're going back to manufacturing, but in a more, I guess you'd say, efficient way of manufacturing. Um, you can't go in areas where that job or career is saturated in the market that you're in or anywhere else that the market is saturated with whatever job or career. Um, always learn more than one skill. Um, it's important to always stay on top of your skill. Uh, if your skill is, let's say, updated over months and years, you do have to stay on top of it. Uh, here in Ohio, nurses, licensed nurses, have to uh, take at least two courses each year to keep their skills sharp. And the same thing with high-tech stuff, you know, you have to stay on top of it. Uh, you have to be marketable. That's number one. So, a lot of people may say, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Not really, because if you did, why are you doing one thing a great majority of your life? This is very important. As I said in one of my podcasts, it wouldn't surprise me that after this uh, slow let-up of shutdowns, that employers just may not call back the same people to work and get new employees at a much lower wage. And if you happen to be in that case, of course your employer won't tell you that. Your employer won't tell you that. If you happen to be that person, you're waiting for so long, you knew what the situation was before you got, in general, furloughed, laid off, whatever the terminology. Um, don't wait by the phone. Alright? This is about taking care of you yourself, your girlfriend, your wife, your family, and doing what it takes. This is where I think a lot of people, before the COVID-19 virus hit, they should have thought about 
um, a side hustle, gig economy thing. There's many small jobs that you can do. Some of them, if not most of them, really don't consist of um, a technical degree. You know, as I was told by somebody, the majority of things in the world is common sense. Unless it's technical, then you have to have that piece of paper that says you know what you know. You know? So, there should be a side hustle. So, let's say your main job um, lays you off. At least you still have some money coming in. Some money coming in. And if you were wise, you would take the money from that side hustle gig economy and um, bank it, or at least micro-invest it. Um, have a safety net. And of course a lot of us didn't because we figured this will go on forever plus two days. Yay, gung-ho Trump, be like Trump. I'm not going to go on that soapbox. But you have to take care of yourself, your girlfriend, fiance, wife, family. So, right there people, should you begin to find a job, start to consider creating uh, what we used to call moonlighting type of deal, type of job. Uh, you got to have the money flowing. And if it means having um, a gig economy and let's say uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, you know, two income right there, um, let's say two income, husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, are working. You create uh, together, together, a little small business. Um, don't get used to that third economy as part of your income. That is the absolute worst thing you could ever do. So, um, one of the things that I noticed too when my, my mom, dad and I were working, my mom used to work at a furniture land store, basically dusting the furniture, vacuuming the floors, you know, making sure the place is presentable for the furniture they had available. And uh, because of that, in this case, fourth 
income when mom decided to pack it in with furniture land. Um, it got to be a little uncomfortable because you got so used to that fourth economy, uh, fourth economy, fourth income. And we did a lot of things together, mom, dad, and I. Um, you get used to it. So don't get used to that um, alternate economy, shall we say, alternate income. Be wise. Don't spend more than what you take in. If your outcome is more than your income, then you got to make some moves. Alternates. In the beginning, it's going to hurt. But how bad do you want to become so very close to debt-free? except for your normal everyday bills, rent, utilities, cable, internet, the basic important stuff. That's what your main objective is, should you find yourself in that situation. Those of you who may not like it, may not want to hear it, but I know there are cities and suburbs that have jumped on the recycle bandwagon. Seriously consider recycling empty containers. Yeah, being you too. <laughs> um crushing your soda cans flat so you got more room in the garbage bag to put your recyclables. And yes, it does make sense that whatever container, plastic, metal, glass, whatever, yes, it, it is wise to, before you dispose of it in your recycle containers, rinse it out. Rinse it out. Um, would you believe as far back as uh, about I remember people, uh, a couple of guys who tried to pass out handouts, let's say, uh, the many things that they can do. One problem, I've told these guys repeatedly, their handout was so overdosing typoed. They handed out the same leaflet, handout, whatever, one too many times to me, and I told them the same thing each and every single time. 
if you're going to start a business from the ground up, get it right the first time. There are people that will scrounge. Um, streets that have uh, garbage collections the next day. They will either go through each person's trash and whatever they were throwing away they would throw into a little pickup truck and whatever recycling company uh, accepted whatever they they pulled up with, they got paid for it. But keep in mind, when you're doing something like that, don't get addicted to it. It's really easy to get hooked in more ways than one, and I do mean addicted and hooked. You're just doing it long enough and applying the money that you get from recycling various things towards your bills. Um, it is very important. Don't overspend. Uh, we've all heard it said when it comes to the use of credit cards, those outrageous interest rates. Um, best example for those of you who use the give and spend, God will send cosmic philosophy. If you think that combo meal is not a big deal to charge on the card, throw in the interest rate and whatever fees you have to pay for that month. what you think is not that big of a deal does eat away at what your prime objective is and that is to pay off all of your bills. So, you have nobody to blame but yourself. You can't keep up with the Joneses. You think you can, but you can't. This is your life, your money, your bills, your lifestyle. And if you're buying things that are trendy, unfortunately, and I say in all the respect, apologies ahead of time, you deserve the negativity and result of your frivolous spending. Get it together because things are not going to get better. Trump in or Trump out, things are not going to get better. Biden in, Biden out, or whoever, things are not going to get any better. And if you ever look what you have to go through to declare bankruptcy, don't. Don't. My parents went through bankruptcy. It's not good.
and uh, there are some so-called uh, bill collectors, uh, businesses that have uh, collections to park them. Uh, you'll always run into a lot of narcissists and other people that will think they do anything they can conjure up and implement just for the sake of attention. And I'll tell you right now, anybody who is a customer service representative, you're nothing but a humanized computer. Garbage in, garbage out. Granted, there are some really great CSRs, but there are a lot of CSRs that will just go through the movement, go through the motions, do the spiel, and collect a check. As far as I'm concerned, CSRs are the most outrageously priced uh, company mouthpieces I ever encountered in all my life. Unfortunately, they rank right up there with lawyers. Need to see how we feel about lawyers. Um. Until the next time, everyone, take care and enjoy the rest of your day or night.